are listening to 4533 Inside the Music. Welcome. I'm your host, Anthony, and this is the very first episode of 4533 Inside the Music. This podcast looks at music trivia and the styles of music over the last 50 or 60 years. Now, before we get going, I have a few musical trivia questions for you. So get pen and paper together and see how well you do. Now, no cheating, no using Google, and no asking your friend. Let's just see how much you really know about music. Now, I'll give you the answers at the end of the show. So let's get going. Who sang Back in the Chain Gang in 1982? Who sang Robert De Niro is Waiting in 1984? Who sang Hold On Tight in 1981? Now, what is this show really about? Well, I want to share my passion for music and the bits of information I've collected over the years. I would like to take you on a trip through some of the trivia and music from the past 60 years of tunes and bands. Now, just a bit about who I am. Well, as long as I can remember, there was always music in my life. Even in the silences, there was still music in my head. You know the songs that somehow wormed their way into your head and won't let go? The songs we found ourselves singing and humming all the time. In my home, my parents were not really interested in music. I mean, I don't mean that they didn't like it or didn't have music in the house. They had a few records, 8-tracks, and 45s. For any of you that are born in the 2000s, that would be your equivalent of CDs, because that was all we had to play music on. There was no internet or MP3 players or internet sticks or what have you. My parents' musical taste was haphazard at best. Their collection consisted of a few country western songs, soul, and Christmas records. Now, there really isn't anything wrong with this music. In fact, I rather enjoy country and western music. Not necessarily the modern styles they have today. When I was young, country music was played with one guitar, maybe two acoustic guitars, a drum set, and an upright bass. Now, if you were lucky, they sometimes added a banjo. Some of the country music today sounds less like country and more like pop. At the age of nine, I pooled my money with my older brothers and we bought our first small transistor radio. It was a pocket size, but it did the job. That radio changed my life forever. In the quiet of the room, I heard songs that fit my moods or changed those moods. At that time, radio had a limited range, so you had to listen to the local stations, which meant that you had no choice but to listen to what they were playing. Now, just let me backtrack a little bit. When I was a young boy, if you didn't eat all your food on your plate or misbehaved in some way, you were sent to your room without dinner. Since it seemed that I was the worst of the bunch, I spent a lot of time in my bedroom. There were many nights when I just sat in my room in the dark. Sometimes I would look out at the stars or listen to all the neighborhood kids playing outside my windows. In the streets below, there was music from some neighborhood house. There were sounds of every type of music. One night you could hear R&B, the next night it might even change to opera. Sometimes there would be music that was foreign to me in a language I could not comprehend. And I treasured those songs too, hoping that one day I would understand those songs and their language. This all brought comfort to a little boy that only had the dark and the music outside. Now that I had a radio, I could close the windows and listen to the music I wanted to hear. When I look back, I have no idea how little I had in the way of music. 
of course later on I would gain a few records from new record stores, but now I have a collection of thousands of vinyl albums and 45s, and I probably have the same amount in CDs. I'm very proud of my collection, and it still fills me with pride. Music, like anything else, has had to evolve. We've had great eras that have changed the way we hear music. Sometimes that translated into how we dressed or spoke. The late 50s was the beginnings of what would later be called the age of rock and roll. Unsurprisingly, this music was quickly condemned by both church and parents, calling it devil music. Most radio stations refused to play it on air. There would be such radical bands like Bill Haley and the Comets, Chuck Berry, Little Richard, Fats Domino, and of course, the king of rock and roll himself, Elvis. At the time, these bands were just gaining popularity. However, in spite of the band, the music found its way into the hands and ears of teenagers. Later that same decade, that music that had caused such controversy would be in the airwaves and cars and television programs. Television even spawned one of the first dance shows, American Bandstand. On display were teens dancing to the latest sounds of rock and roll and other popular songs of the day. On display were teens dancing to the new music of rock and roll and other popular songs of the day. The 1960s found us bombarded by the British invasion. Of course, this was merely an attack on music to challenge the North American music scene. This in turn brought us groups like The Beatles, Dave Clark Five, Jerry and the Pacemakers, and The Who, and other bands out of England. Their music was heavily influenced by the Negro blues music of North America. These bands and their music would change the clothing, the hairstyles, and even the speech of that time. In sharp contrast to the British sounds of this period came new American bands and singers with other styles of music. They would use this music as a platform to sing about their political views, Vietnam War, civil rights, and equality. These things were high on their agenda. Bands like Crosby, Stills & Nash, Buffalo Springfield, Arlo Guthrie, Joan Baez, and Bob Dylan sang about these themes in earnest. Mid-60s, the area of Haight-Ashbury in San Francisco, they called this time the Summer of Love. Psychedelic rock, music inspired by hallucinogenic drugs, was entering the mainstream, gaining more and more commercial airplay. Singer Scott McKenzie summed it up best with his hit song, San Francisco, Be Sure to Wear Flowers in Your Hair. Local bands in the Haight-Ashbury area such as the Grateful Dead, Big Brother and the Holding Company, and Jefferson Airplane were just coming into their own. Peace and love were the phrases being bantered about. American psychologist Timothy Leary coined the phrase, tune in, turn on, drop out. These words would be an encouragement for the use of psychedelic drugs. These drugs not only gave you the escape from the real world, but also gave you great unleashed creativity. Halfway into the 70s came the dance music of disco. The term disco came from the shortened version of the word discotheque. Discotheques were the very elaborate nightclubs in Europe. The disco club brought with it the pulsing sounds, the heavy lighting, and of course the dance. With disco came also the new fashion trends, the dance styles, and groups and singers like Donna Summer, Bonnie M, Casey and the Sunshine Band, Gloria Gaynor, and the Village People. Clubs like Studio 54 were the place to be seen. It became a home for the celebrities and the very rich to let loose and have fun. Sometime later, many would rebel against disco in favor of what Bob Seger would later coin old-time rock and roll. There were arena-sized events to destroy disco albums by burning them and crushing them under the heavy weight of a steamroller. 
The novelty song, Disco Duck, performed by DJ Rick Dees and his cast of idiots perhaps did not help things. In the end, Disco quietly left the building and slowly faded away. The latter part of the 1970s brought us the ill-mannered, thrashing sounds of punk music. With it came bands like the Sex Pistols, Iggy and the Stooges, The Clash, Patti Smith and the Ramones. Punk music came from the teens of the UK who felt disenchanted with parents, government rules. In short, they generally rebelled against the ruling classes and their attitudes. Their music was rebellious and sometimes violent on stage. They would do anything to gain attention. With their music came outlandish clothing, spiky, exaggerated hairstyles and speech. Once again, the music changed the way the world looked. In the 1980s came the birth of rap music. Born from the black youth on the mean streets of New York, this new sound was a combination of R&B music with strong bass lines and rhyming sing-song speech words. We saw bands like Sugar Hill Gang, Curtis Blow, LL Cool J, Grandmaster Flash, Fat Boys, and Run DMC. These bands would gain popularity in the mainstream music. Even today, this style of music can still be heard in hip-hop, on television, commercials, and movies. The late 80s and 90s saw the new romantic era. This was yet another assault on North American music front by the British. The new romantics came with new hairstyles and fashions to match. Their clothing was somewhat reminiscent of the late 18th century. This period brought forth bands like Duran Duran, Adam and the Ants, Gary Newman, and A Flock of Seagulls. These bands were more keyboard driven than previous genres of the time. By the early 1990s, the original sounds were largely weaning, but let it be said that these bands would still maintain a musical career. To me, these days seem like a musical free-for-all with each type of music vying for the top spot on the charts and hearts. The music of rock, hip-hop, electronic, trance, pop, R&B, and country can be heard from any window or any computer. I look into all these musical periods and genres. Music has become more universal than ever. In the truest sense of the words, it is truly world music. Now here are the answers to those questions I asked you at the top of the show. Question number one, who sang Back on the Chain Gang in 1982? The Pretenders. Question number two, who sang Robert De Niro is Waiting in 1984? Bananarama. Question number three, who sang Hold On Tight in 1981? Electric Light Orchestra. Well, this brings us to the end, or perhaps it's the beginning. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and perhaps even learned something. Now, don't forget to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends and family. So join us again as I explore more of the music of 45 to 33 Inside the Music. Now, the music for our podcast is provided by the man I like to call the hardest working man in music, David O'Hearn. Thank you, David, for your continued support. If you would like to hear more music by David O'Hearn, please check him out on SoundCloud. Remember this, when there is nothing else, there is always music. Music.